0: Welcome to Plan Lehigh Valley, the program produced by WDIY and the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission. I'm your host, Greg Caponia, and this evening we're once again happy to welcome our co-hosts, Becky Bradley, the Executive Director of the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission, and Matt Assad, its Managing Editor. We would also like to welcome Jeff Reese, the LVPC master planner and engineer who has spent over 40 years with the Planning Commission authoring some of the region's most groundbreaking studies and analysis designed to protect our environment. In addition to being the Lehigh Valley's foremost expert on stormwater management, Jeff has helped develop Pennsylvania's first regional hazard mitigation plan. He did that in 2005, And in 2014, the climate and energy element that was among the first in the state to begin to list ways to combat climate change. And Jeff also authored the 2014 Return on Environment Report, which showed in clear dollars and cents how much the preservation of our air, water, woodlands added to the local community. Welcome, Jeff. Happy to be here. And of course, welcome, Becky and Matt. Oh, evening. Good evening. (laughs) Matt, we've got a whole show today on climate action, and it strikes me that not everyone knows exactly what climate action is. We hear a lot about it. What is climate action, and why is it especially relevant now?
1: We've been hearing a lot more about climate change recently, largely because climate scientists say we are approaching a tipping point where not too far down the road, if we don't make drastic changes, we are going to do irreparable harm to the environment and, and really the earth in general. Uh, So as that edge of the cliff gets a little closer, municipalities and businesses and and even residents certainly are doing more and getting more serious about this. Uh, We certainly have been sounding this alarm long before it became cool to scream it from the hills. Uh, But as you'll hear today, climate action is a lot more than just swapping out fossil fuel vehicles for electric. It's about cutting carbon emissions everywhere, You know, vehicles, homes, uh, really everything we do. Uh, And it's about understanding that the impacts of climate change Have already happened and that they're accelerating so we're going to need to plan our communities in ways to make them more resilient to to these impacts you know floodplains are changing where you can build is changing how you can build is changing so we need to both slow warming and we need to make ourselves and our communities more resilient to the impacts that we know are coming
0: becky we've been hearing a lot about the impacts of climate change And uh, you see all these different proposals that come by your desk every single day. This is something the LVPC has been focusing on for a long time, isn't it?
2: It has been. In fact, um, really since we started as an agency back in the 1960s, you can look at the first regional plan and there's everything from infrastructure to how we're going to grow, but also what we intend to protect. And I think one of the things that's important is that's what the public expects. When we did our last public opinion survey just a few years ago, over 95% of the responses said that natural resources were important or very important. And then another 90 to 95% of responses. Felt that climate change and then the supporting action was important or very important. So, there has been a long term expectation that continues to this day that we have quality natural environment and that things that affect that, whether it's climate change or development, uh, be managed so we can continue to protect those critical assets. We've worked on a lot of things, and in fact, the most recent set of climate action goals that were specific climate action goals or climate and energy were adopted back in 2013, 2014 as part of a U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development Sustainable Communities grant that we did with a series of, of partners around the region. Those were then baked into both county livable landscapes plan. So that's their parks, recreation, and open space strategies. And then that translated into the update of the Lehigh Valley hazard mitigation plan several years ago, which now the counties are updating again. That's on a a frequent update cycle. So we can try to avoid creating new hazards and mitigate current ones. And with the more intense and frequent storm events, you can see how the, the need for additional work on climate action is present. But Um, that also translated into our active transportation plan on walking biking connecting to transit and then ultimately into our current regional plan which is future lb so i mean just across kind of four of those plans not all six there are over 520 actually 525 goals policies or actions and strategies that relate directly to climate that we have today Though, again, as I mentioned when I was talking about the hazard in you know, trying to mitigate hazards, we have to continually monitor and update those, especially with the growth in development where air quality is becoming uh, an even higher priority than it already was. Uh, protection of our water quality, which Jeff's going to tell you all about, has been you know, a very key element uh, to our work for a long
0: time. Well, Jeff, uh, you've been doing this for over 40 years. You have worked on a lot of climate-related projects, and especially intriguing is the return on environment you did in 2014. What was the purpose of that, and what did it show?
3: Sure, so this was a very interesting study uh, done for the first time for the Lehigh Valley. And the purpose was to look at our natural resources as more than simply their environmental benefits that we long have understood they provide to us in terms of purifying our water, purifying our air, providing habitat uh, for animals and, and so forth. But looking at it from kind of the return on investment perspective, kind of hence the title, Uh, And looking at it from a dollars and cents perspective, you know, what exactly do our natural resources provide in dollars and cents? Uh, Everyone needs to make decisions in terms of allocation of dollars. And so it'd be very useful, we thought, to make sure that people would understand the implications dollar-wise of decisions made based on natural resources and their preservation. And so the report looks at a variety of different elements of what these natural resources that we have, these bountiful resources throughout the Lehigh Valley, and what they provide in terms of dollars and cents, if you had to actually replace them because they were lost, replace the benefits they provide if they had gotten lost. And so we looked at it from... A natural systems perspective in terms of biological control, like natural predators and so forth, Uh, looking at it from a carbon perspective. We're talking about climate change, and so carbon dioxide being a key uh, element here. And what do our natural resources provide in terms of sequestering carbon from the atmosphere? And what would it take to replace that dollar wise if that was lost?
0: When you're talking to the regular person out there, and you're maybe at a dinner and you tell them what you do. What do you say when they say, well, how how does this really affect me?
3: Well, one thing that people would understand immediately from all this data is that one of the evaluations that was prepared is the impact on property value associated with our natural resources. And so one of the key data points is For properties that are, the metric was within a quarter mile of protected open spaces, what does that mean in terms of your property value? And across the Lehigh Valley, it means about $14,600 for your individual property, just being next to protected open space. For every property across the Lehigh Valley that's within that quarter mile of protected open space, which is why those types of locations uh, get our premiums as far as real estate is concerned. And so uh, that also gives people direct access to uh, hiking trails and so forth through the woods and what have you so tremendous value in terms of both property values and health implications that are direct benefits to people in Lehigh valley
0: the most recent climate work done at the lvpc is the region's first ever greenhouse gas assessment right right And, and and what did that show
3: well this again was the the first time uh, that we've created such a thing for the Lehigh Valley, and what it shows in broadest terms is nearly 10 million metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalents are being produced by the Lehigh Valley currently. Uh, 9.8 million metric tons, and a metric ton being a thousand kilograms, but more meaningful possibly 2,200 pounds. And so that's the conversion for all of that. But this is the way that these types of things are typically measured. And so we have that data. And we have the data now broken down by individual segments of how we live our lives. So we have 34% or about a third of that is from industrial electricity and natural gas. Transportation and mobile sources, 26% of that. And down through residential energy, commercial energy, solid waste and water and wastewater, we have all those individual contributions to our carbon footprint documented and calculated for the first time ever.
0: So our carbon footprint per person in the Lehigh Valley can you make this uh, realistic in terms of the individual who's listening to us today? What is each per- what is what each person responsible for and what might they do?
1: This is Matt. Each person is responsible for 14.6 tons a year. So that's now, a lot for per person. You times that by 690,000 people, and that's how you get your 10 million metric okay, tons.
0: so And so then is that people in the community exhaling, using cars? How do we get carbon in the air? It's all of the above.
3: Again, it's how you heat your home, the electricity and the generation of that electricity. Obviously, how you move about, whether that's in a personal vehicle or a bus, uh, possibly an electric vehicle. But it's all of those things that contribute to how you uh, go about your business and live your life on a daily basis
0: it seems like a lot when you start talking about metric tons i don't think it's even uh, we're able to even think in those terms so what you're really saying is there's a lot of carbon that has to be eliminated in our ecosystem correct
3: if we are going to uh, really attack this problem of a changing climate that would be correct
0: So, Becky, the the assessment is really the start of things, isn't it? You've been awarded recently a million dollars to continue some work. How will you use this money, especially when you take a look at what we're talking about today?
2: Yeah, um, the U.S. Department of Environmental Protection, through the Inflation Reduction Act, it it made allocations out to the 67 largest regions and all of the states in the country, a million dollars for climate action planning um we're the 69th largest region so uh, we were already intending to put in a a notice of intent which is a part of the process thinking well you know somebody might not put that in and and then we could be considered the states actually had a deadline sooner than we had um than the regions had of the end of March. And there were several states that did not put in their notice of intent. And so because a number of regions, not just ours, were like, hey, we're really close. Could we be considered for funding as well? They ultimately did consider us for funding um, and we did put in a notice of intent. And now we're going through um, the project work plan and budget process. So what will happen with this carbon pollution reduction funding is it? it is for planning and it's for several things. The first thing is for a specific plan to create a priority climate action strategy that focuses, will be focusing on industrial decarbonization. The Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection is the lead agency for Pennsylvania on their portion of that. Um, And then we'll be responsible for our regional component. I would expect Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection to uh, work on things like uh, industrial process decarbonization, building decarbonization. And then we'll work on things that are more in our wheelhouse, things like uh, Jeff had mentioned on air quality and water quality, working on improvements in the transportation sector that reduce carbon pollution. The second part of what will be required to do, which we had started working on, um, but didn't have all the funding we needed to complete it, was a full regional climate action plan. The greenhouse gas inventory was phase one of that. We'd already been working with Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection on that, and they'd provided an amazing amount of technical resources and assistance to us to do the greenhouse gas inventory. But then we had to go into writing the plan. We also have been supporting the efforts and real cheerleaders for Allentown, Bethlehem and Easton, who've done a tremendous amount of climate action planning. But as we learned, uh, a number of our smaller boroughs, uh, some of the townships don't necessarily have the same capacity that the cities have. And so they want to do a lot as well. And so they were looking to us to do that work with them as part of a regional uh, plan. Now we have the resources to do that so we can coordinate all of those things. The third thing that will come out of this, and this is arguably the most exciting, right? Like you have to plan to succeed. So we're going to do all the planning components uh, at the upfront. But the big thing that this will do is will allow us to invest in climate action and implementation for the future so we'll be able to utilize this funding to set up a permanent infrastructure to then manage the different things that are coming at our region and maintain you know make sure that they're focused on so we can make sure that uh, we are continuing to improve our environment globally and all of those things that affect it can be managed so To me, it's that down payment philosophy of this that is critical because it's not just a one-off plan. It's an opportunity to do something bigger and more long-term. So we'll be sorting that out along with uh, the three city mayors as part of their three mayors coalition. And then they're also obviously members of the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission as well. And then the Planning Commission as a whole with our local governments, industry leaders and others. So you'll hear a lot about this. We have through 2027 to wrap up all of that work. Though the first thing will be that priority climate action plan on industrial decarbonization, uh, which has a very short turnaround time of March of next year.
0: So, Becky, if we get some traction here and we can and when Jeff can show some uh, quantifiable forward momentum, is there more money out there to continue the efforts?
2: I mean, we already have shown a lot of traction over the years um, and Jeff's been a real leader in that globally before even people even talked about these things, you know, Jeff was working at and making sure that. Um, our water quality was protected and that every land development proposed coming in was reviewed to protect that water quality, even writing ordinances that all of our local governments have adopted and watershed plans and other things. So again, that that tradition and those roots are extremely deep here for uh, climate action work. We call it climate action now, um, but it was, you know, environmental resource protection, environmental resource management. Those are the types of terms that we've known for decades um, and that were typically used. And so at the end of the day, this then allows us to rise to the challenges that face us currently. And if we're successful, we'll be able to set up the infrastructure that allows us to navigate the growing number of challenges that are before us, whether they're through climate change or through just plain old growth. And as we all know, we've seen tremendous amounts of that, not only in terms of population, but in terms of industry. And so we really are at this inflection point where we have to re-envision the systems that exist, especially through region-wide planning, to make sure that the Lehigh Valley Maintains and improves its quality of life because those are the drivers of our life basically here. And mm-hmm. those are the things people look to when they're investing in businesses uh, here, when they're deciding whether to live here or not when they're leaving the coastal zones, which are very nearby, we all go to the shore in the summer, right? And as you know, sea level rise and other things occur in those locations, we should be planning for and preparing for climate migration. And so there's some longer term things like that that we're also going to need to begin to address. And so this funding will go a very long way to ensuring that we are moving in the direction that we need to, to have the best valley possible.
0: Jeff, as the LVPC leads this effort, you probably have a lot of partners that you're working with. Can you talk a little bit about that? Talk a
3: little bit about it. They are certainly too numerous to mention. You know, for example, in the return on environment study, which was one of the earlier things uh, in this most recent group of work on climate activity we've been working on, uh, we've documented all the different people that are part of our partner group working with us, and it certainly includes the cities, as both Matt and Becky have said. But then it goes to a lot of other organizations like the Delaware and Lehigh National Heritage Corridor, Discover Lehigh Valley, Lehigh Gap Nature Center, uh, and Bushkill Stream Conservancy, the Trout Unlimited. And again, the list is just nearly endless of all the different people that have been interested and able to help us in either small or large ways to get this information organized and to present it in ways that is meaningful to people and that they can use back with their own organizations Uh, for their individual purposes. So it's a really, really long list and it keeps growing by the day. A lot of those partners, again, worked with us through the Future LV process to create that plan uh, and helped us again. So again, a very long list of partners along the way that we're uh, incredibly happy to have with us in this process.
2: Another point too is, and I don't think we mentioned this yet, but the Wildlands Conservancy actually worked with us on putting together the uh, return on environment report as well. And that group in particular, to just give you an example of how like, we work with other groups, um, whether they're government agencies, nonprofits, or businesses, Wildlands is our region's land conservancy. And they do a tremendous amount of work on making sure that our uh, stream banks are planted. That helps uh, retain soil and reduce impacts to water quality and other things. And that's just a one one of the many, many things that they do. But this work then supports them in being able to raise the resources that they need to continue that critical work that protects our water quality, um, teaches kids about the, the region's environment and how to protect it and what's here and, and why it's important. And so there's so many things that even like one agency like Wildlands does that our work Is critical to supporting. And so I really like that kind of two way partnerships are actually more in two way. It's more of a circle because so many of us are, are constantly working with each other to achieve these much larger goals. But there's this tremendous history of that and a tremendous amount of respect amongst the partners and new ones coming to the table as well. And I think that's one of the beauties of the Lehigh Valley overall is that we really do have a build a bigger table collaborative philosophy.
0: Matt, this is going to require a lot of LVPC resources. Do you get the sense that the general public is supportive of this mission?
1: I think, as as Becky mentioned earlier, our surveys all show that. Um, you know, that there was one question on that last survey that Becky referred to where 90 over 90 percent of the people said climate change was very important or important. But you can draw a straight line to the things that they hold near and dear. They the things when, when asked what their favorite things about the Lehigh Valley are, they routinely say natural resources, open space, recreation. And you can sort of draw a straight line even to our growth. So we have our own population forecasts, and we see us growing by three to four thousand people a year, and it's almost all by migration. So it's people and businesses coming here. So our growth and our economic, our economy are dependent on this. And again, the things that they hold most near and dear, the reason they're coming here is our open space, is our recreation, is our natural resources. And so, so we do find that there is a lot of will to do this. We don't find a whole lot of uh, climate deniers in this area.
0: Jeff, you've been doing this for quite a while. What is one thing you'd like to tell our audience to continue to keep doing? What are we doing right? I think
3: what we're doing right is understanding that uh, the environment gives us so many things that are going to be impossible to replace and so as we go through whether it's a land development process or our own processes our own uh, backyards literally to preserve protect and enhance all of those things the best that we can because again we can't can't do anything about it if they're gone they're just gone
0: and over the past say 40 years we really have made some positive impact haven't we
3: We have. Uh, One of the things that's interesting is just looking at information about our woodlands
0: across the Lehigh Valley.
3: And, you know, obviously we've had development activities and so on, but uh, the woodland cover that we have in the valley is still extensive. And it's a big reason why we have the return on environment that we do is what uh, the trees provide to our environment,
0: our health, and our economy. Becky, does a uh, community that respects its environment and does positive things. Do those, uh, for example, if we work on clean air in the Lehigh Valley, does the clean air stay with us? It's a big world.
2: Uh, well, I mean, sure that there's uh, air moves around, right? Uh, we all yep. know that every time a storm comes through, right? But at the end of the day, you know, we breathe the air that's right before us right now. And so, you know, whatever we can do to make sure that remains as healthy as possible. And I mean, we have just some basic topographic challenges. It is called the Lehigh Valley for a reason. And so when you have valley conditions, especially heavier air uh, settles, um, and sometimes that can be more polluted. So as a result of that, we even have, I believe, a higher obligation to work on those air quality issues in in the region especially because the more development you have the more your air quality is lowered um and we never want to be in a situation like and this would be an extreme example but you see pictures of the smog in Los Angeles we've been seeing those for decades we don't ever want to be in a situation where that is the you can see the pollution in the air so we have to work very hard on putting together those strategies that ensure that we do not have a situation of that grave extent. And so all of those things, Jeff was talking about the tree cover, that actually helps improve our air quality. We talked about water quality. We talked about all of these different things and even improvement of industrial processes, which again, the Pennsylvania DEP were expecting them to prioritize that as part of their EPA carbon pollution reduction program. Things like that and supporting our manufacturers and having greener processes. The fact that we're Uh, Electrifying more vehicles and even Mack trucks here developed a first ever electric trash truck and are innovating on all sorts of levels to reduce uh, air pollution. The same can be said of air products. They're a commercial gas manufacturer, amongst other things. I mean, we really have a lot of innovative businesses here, too they're all working very hard to create a greener future as well. And so I think these are important people and resources that support the greening of our environment overall.
0: Becky, one minute left. Anything else that the public can do? Anything you need from them to make this uh, a better process?
2: I mean, um, understanding our impacts as individuals helps when we make individual decisions about single use plastics, how we're moving from point A to point B, and are there options for us to walk there or bike there um, that not only reduce fuel consumption and save money, but improve our personal health? Oh, and guess what? Improve our air quality. Really linking all of those things together and seeing that we have not only a personal responsibility to ourselves, but to our community in order to maintain the wonderful quality of life that we have now and not allow this inflection point of development and climate change to swallow us, allow ourselves to come out of that is a leader in a greener place. In fact, We want to achieve the greenest region in the U.S. or even the world. And we should set our standards that high for ourselves and for our communities because we do have a collective interest. It's not purely a selfish interest. And balancing all of those needs, all of those challenges is something that we should continue to work on. And I know the LVPC is committed to that. Um, and I'm just proud to have so many partners that are working towards those goals with us. Again, private sector, public sector, nonprofit, individuals, as well as this amazing team here at the LVPC that clearly has the skills and abilities to work with everyone to set the policy
0: direction for the future. And that brings us to the end of our program. I'd like our people to remember what Becky said. We breathe the air that is in front of us right now. That was a good statement. Jeff Reese, thank you very much for being on our program this evening. And uh, and of course, uh, thank you, Becky. Thank you, Matt. I'm your host, Greg Caponia, and you've been listening to Plan Lehigh Valley on WDIY 88.1 FM. Have a great evening. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this program, please go to the WDIY website or app to share or become a WDIY member.